0: This is the St. Louis Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to the Last Man Up Podcast, a part of the St. Louis Podcast Network. Matt Berger, Clay Byers-Gorford, Andy Hanselman alongside. Wherever you are listening to us, whenever you are listening to us, we hope you are well. What is going on today that we could possibly be even be talking about? It's hard to keep up with all of it.
2: It's been a very boring news day.
1: It's been a bad couple of years. I St. Think, Louis sports wise, I think and then the, like all like all kinds of good shit is happening right now.
0: I think the uh, Detroit Lions named Doug Flutie a special assistant to the general manager.
2: Right.
1: That that is that's a very that, big... that's actually our lead story.
2: Thank you for bringing that <laughs> we're <gonna> have, <laughs> up. We're gonna have Doug Flutie. on We're the gonna podcast. have
1: Doug Flutie on to talk about it. <laughs> joining us a little bit later will be David Hun, a reporter for the St. Louis Post Dispatch. He's been covering the BOA vote for the MLS stadium downtown, and then Craig Edwards from Fangraphs, formerly of Viva Alberto, still be joining us to talk about. The Paul Goldschmidt trade. He's very excited about that as well. It is an embarrassment of riches. We got the Paul Goldschmidt trade to talk about. Yes. Yes. We got the XFL announcement to talk the about. XFL. Love we got the Barry Odom extension to talk about. Love that. We got the Kelly Bryant transfer to talk about. Um, let's see. what I mean, that's about it, I guess you could say. The Blues, the, the blues still stink. Yep. So there's the negative, I guess you could say. The there's, thing there's, we, the,
2: there's the fly in the ointment. The one thing we do not have to the talk about. The one
1: thing we really do not have to talk about.
2: Didn't, didn't change from last week.
1: No, it did not. The lead story, our top story. Boom. Dun,
0: dun, 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 dun. Has got to be. Well, hang on. Do we, need, do we need a top
1: story stinger? We <laughs> might need a top story stinger. It's, I have one. Has got to be Paul Goldschmidt. Got to be. Coming to the St. Louis Cardinals. For nothing For nothing Nothing For nothing I When I heard This is like I was almost afraid To hear what they gave up Yep, I'm like Oh god was, what, right. what did they give up And they got Paul Goldschmidt Who is 31 years old And that, This is this, this is our breaking news <laughs> How about this one? That's terrible
0: That's terrible
1: Breaking news Okay there we go, there we go. That's there a little go. bit better Breaking news. It's kind of Wayne's worldish, yeah, but. Love that. Anyway, so Paul Goldschmidt got a career batting average of 297. He's got a career war of 40.1. He is a three time, four time Silver Slugger winner. You can cut that out anytime now. <laughs> Thank you. We're good with Stingers. We're good with Stingers. He's a four time Silver Slugger winner. Yep. He's a three time gold glover. And we gave up. Luke Weaver, who I wasn't high on. Carson Kelly, who I really wasn't high on. Stuck, had nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. And Andy Young, who I'm sure isn't even a real player. I think that's someone they just made up.
2: He's actually got pretty decent numbers.
1: Does he? Okay, I mean, like I'm not trying to knock the kid. I just never heard of him.
2: The only thing is that the Cardinals have about six within their current major league roster and in the minor leagues. They get about six guys that project as utility-type infielders. Um, You know, for comparison's sake – uh, the guy would very much play out to be a Yairo Munoz type of player at the major league level. This is an A plus trade. Oh,
1: even I've... if even if they do not sign Paul Goldschmidt to a long term deal, even yep. if he's just a one and done, mm-hmm. to me, this is still an A plus trade. The prospects you gave up are good are they good prospects, so yep. Arizona should be happening. I yep. mean it's it's a fleecing but it's not a total fleecing. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're giving them junk. Yep. Luke Weaver had his moments. Carson Kelly still has all the potential, mm-hmm. and you're telling me Andy Young, his numbers are still good, so there's still, uh, still good, there. a good chance that he could be a good player as well. Yeah, considering that Paul
2: Goldschmidt's on, in a contract year, yeah, you're going to have to give up much to get him. No, it was a good side. I mean, it was a good trade for both sides. I think obviously the the marquee name is Paul Goldschmidt. But Absolutely, from an Arizona perspective, you get Luke Weaver, who's under control for five more years. You get Carson Kelly, who is you know a young and probably you could use the word unproven at the major league level. I don't think, you know, the books or the jury's still out on him completely because he hasn't played extensively. Lots of potential though. Lots of potential. But lots of potential. Who has, you know, a lot of team control left as well. And then you get, you know, a quality, you know, minor league depth infielder. So, win on both sides, but obviously, you know, as Cardinals fans and and as uh, purveyors of St. Louis sports, we're very happy with the Paul Goldschmidt trade. If you look at the intangibles of Paul
1: Goldschmidt, 31 years old, uh, born and raised, or uh, from Wilmington, Delaware. Yep. Married his wife Amy Goldsmith in 2010, so he's a married man. Love that. This is the type of this is the type of player that the Cardinals. Usually land and usually had the most success with very Matt holiday type. Player. Very Matt holiday type, a very Scott Roland type, yes. very Jim Edmonds type. Yep. And I'm not talking about because he's a white guy. I'm talking about <laughs> age and I'm talking about marital status. Yep. I mean, it, it sounds crazy that we're talking about, but it makes a difference.
0: It does. Especially here in St. Louis. Here in,
1: here in St. Louis. I mean, uh, if, they're, if he's married and I'm assuming he's got kids, he's not going to be looking for the nightlife. Nope. He just wants to go someplace where he can play baseball and where his family's going to be happy. That's it. Yep. He's not looking to 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 chase uh, the chase women at the club or looking to expand his brand or anything like that. He's just a baseball player. Yep. This is exactly the type of player that the Cardinals need. Yep. And the standing ovation he's going to get on his first at-bat at bat at Busch Stadium is going to be thunderous. It's going to be wild.
2: And I think from. Uh, and vomit inducing. An intangible vomit inducing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like vomiting, as in
0: the the amount of B fib love
2: oh, oh well yeah I mean <laughs> they're already madly in love with him B fib's already talking about okay Paul Goldschmidt's nice but what else you got for me Mo well, okay I mean there are
1: Harper there are a few Where people who he? are
2: like that now okay that
1: you you brought him up I mean do you think this diminishes their chances of getting Bryce Harper significantly
2: do you think this is no. it no, I mean, Nightingale came out and uh, I can't remember who else came out and said it, you know, it basically removes them from the Bryce Har- Harper conversation. Not, you know, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, I don't think... Wrong. I, I don't think it necessarily takes them out by any equation. Um, it won't be a stretch of, you know, they didn't offer enough money. They're going to offer equitable to pretty much any other team. It's not going to be a decision of, you know, hey, I got more money elsewhere. They're going to put out a solid offer. Um but you're happy with what you got, and you know if you have other opportunities to improve the roster. I think Mo, after this trade especially, has has sent a message saying, yeah, we're we're in business.
1: Has your faith in John Mosellock been restored with this trade?
2: I don't know if it was ever lost in terms of using the word okay, restored, but uh, did it fray? Absolutely. Oh, mine was shaking bad. I mean, it was shaking. I mean,
1: mine was too. I mean, mine th- was shaking yeah. really bad. Mo needed this.
2: Yeah, and from a. From a, I mean, we talked a couple weeks ago when this wasn't even on the table. You know, at the time we were talking with Danny Mack about you know possibly who could they go after, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, if we don't get Donaldson, the the world's going to end." And yes, Danny Mack said it perfectly and said, "You know, the Cardinals have a lot of options that they can get creative with," and you saw that happen today.
1: Um, I am not too excited about the the prospect of Matt Carpenter going back to third base. That is his weakest position by far. Um, he doesn't exactly have the strongest throwing arm. I'm wondering what this means for the future of Matt Carpenter on this franchise. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that they got to move him right now. I'm just saying that even someone like Colton Wong, you can move Matt Carpenter back to second base. Colton Wong maybe is part of uh, of a trade for someone else. Yep. Who knows? I mean, this is just this is day one of the winter meetings. It is. And the Cardinals have already made a big splash.
2: Yeah, and you look at Paul DeYoung in that conversation, too, who's a natural third baseman. So yes. So you look at, you know, could he possibly play over there? But then you, you know, obviously have a gaping hole at short. So I think the the move that I really like, or what I like most about this is, one, obviously you get a – first baseman who can flat out hit but people i think don't really realize how great of a defensive baseman first baseman three-time gold glove winner three-time yes. Gold Glove winner he was second in the league last year in terms of uh run saved the cardinals i think at the first base position had negative six runs saved he was up plus 34 i believe at his position so um you inc- you you know improved two areas that the cardinals desperately needed uh, which was defense overall. Your defense overall got better with the addition of Goldschmidt, and you have a middle of the order hitter. I'm trying to remember. Um, I lost my train of thought. Let's see if I can get it back.
1: Well,
0: here I can bring something up. Then, in, while you're while you're thinking, absolutely. So, Paul Goldschmidt makes 14.5 million dollars this year. Okay, unrestricted free agent in 2020.
1: So, what kind of contract do you think we'd offer him? I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess probably it, 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 five it, years, uh, 800 million dollars. Eight hundred million It's five years. That's, that's, that's very crazy. The five <laughs> years is not the eight hundred million. Kind of is. Yeah. Do you think five, for a th- so he'll be thirty two
0: next year when he signs with whoever with whomever he signs with? Uh, so you would guess that he has a, you know six, six seven years left. Maybe maybe based on I mean, think,
1: I mean I think you five, guys? Is
0: five is a good five number. yeah
1: five for sure five five is a great number and he, he may I mean I I don't know anything about Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, other than me, like, I know who he is, but I don't know anything about him as far as, like, his interests outside of the game of baseball, anything like that. Like, what else he would like to do.
2: I think he's only played at Arizona. Yes. He he's
0: only played at yeah. Arizona. He, in 2014 was his rookie season, made a million bucks, and has slowly gone up. But, you know, $14.5 million is the most he's going to make ever
1: in his career. It's three and a half more than last year. I remember what my, what my thought was. Okay. When, when Tony La Russa went to Arizona after he, uh, quote-unquote, retired from the Cardinals. Right. I'm not not saying he was forced. I'm just saying, quote, unquote, retire. Like he said, he was retired. And next thing you know, he's part of the baseball operations for the Diamondbacks. Mm -hmm. The one player that he compared Paul Goldschmidt to was Albert Pools. And he says that Tony La I mean, he's a pretty good evaluator of baseball talent. No, I I mean, yeah, I mean, for sure. But I mean, Albert Pools is a player of our generation. He's not saying he's better than Albert Pujols, but he was saying he was saying that Paul Goldschmidt reminds him of Albert Pujols mm-hmm. when he was there. I remember hearing him say that. Right off his, his stats again that you had that you had uh, taken down. His career batting average is 297. <laughs> um, his career uh, OPS is 930. Slugging percentage is 532. On-base percentage is 398. He's got a 40.1 career war.
0: Five years, $100 million. $20 million a year yeah. player.
2: Yeah. It may be. And, and something that we may be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves is while it's fascinating to talk about the extension, the Cardinals will possibly find themselves in a predicament next year because Ozuna is also a free agent after 2020, and you have to decide not only what you do with him, but now Paul Goldschmidt and possibly, you know, if you add someone like Harper, you're committing a lot, a lot of money. So, Well,
0: you know, I think, TBD you know, depending on, on how Ozuna performs this year, in 2019, I mean yeah. that's gonna. I mean that's gonna I mean, be. It's up to him, and
1: right? that could be enticing to Harper too. Be like, hey, how would you like to be sandwiched in between uh, Marcelo Zuna and Paul Goldschmidt? I mean, if I'm Bryce Harper, I'm like, fuck yeah. to the yeah, yeah. There's want, you want to hit by that guy. There,
0: there is your protection right there. Yep. I mean, he he could have 50 home runs in that kind of in that kind of position.
1: Now, if they if they got both, if they got, I mean obviously they got Paul Goldschmidt. If they go ahead and and they somehow land Bryce Harper, I would be stunned. Right then and there you gotta give um, I don't think I would be stunned. Oh, I'd be stunned. I think Cause cause Harper, I, didn't give, I didn't give them much of a chance on Bryce Harper to begin with.
0: When I saw Harper with with uh, with Nelly last weekend all over the internet, did I mean you, I'm I like mean, did you really think that was something there? Yeah, I mean I really thought there's no I didn't think there was something there, ass. I, <laughs> no, I just I am the Carlos Knight Bryce Harper, I will not be surprised. I will also not be surprised if he signed
2: somewhere else. But that's the most blanket statement that you
1: could have ever <laughs> possibly made. What, what a great fit. Uh, I, uh, fit I, am, I wouldn't be surprised if I Bryce su- Harper
2: played baseball somewhere next year. I, I am the king of Br- hot takes.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if Bryce Harper has a great head of hair.
2: Yeah.
0: Stop it. You, you know what I meant. I'm saying, I would be less surprised... If he signed here, and more surprised if he signed somewhere
2: else. I'm less surprised. I would be less surprised now than I would be yesterday. Yesterday we did not have Paul Goldschmidt in the lineup, and obviously I think that makes them even more appealing from a free you know free agency pitch.
1: But like he says, it's going to come down to money. It's it, going to come it, down to money. It depends on like what what he wants out of a, out of a major league baseball team. Do yep. I want to go someplace and get paid? With,
0: but if you're batting between Ozuna and Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Does the money make that much of a difference? Obviously, he's going to get paid thirty five million dollars a year, probably.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Ab- With an average, average, you have, average you have value. to decide what do you want to do. Do you want to win or do you want to make money? I mean, he's already made a shit ton of money, right? Bryce Harper, yeah, yeah. He, he's done okay. But I mean, like the the this, uh, the, this will be
0: his first big
1: contract. The position though, right? that he's in right now, he could easily make a half a million dollars. Oh,
0: absolutely, he could. So, I mean, that's something that you and gotta, what's even and what's funny is that. His stats don't even match up close to Goldschmidt. Well below. Oh, oh yeah, no, Paul Goldschmidt's
1: sure. a much better player. Yeah, much better. In terms player. of numbers, yeah, yes.
0: In terms of numbers, so um, so come come back to the question then, you know, because Doug's talked about it on TMA. Why throw all this money at Harper if he's you know if he's if if he has a career average of two thirty six and his only hit, is it because you you look at his surrounding. There's, so, there's some number in there that makes him an outstanding player, and I forgot what it is.
2: Okay, like I'm only bringing up... It's a, a
0: slugging per, is it a slugging percentage, or is it well, a it's war?
2: Not, it's not from a... I mean, obviously the numbers are there. The guy is going to come out for the rest of his career and hit 30-plus home runs every season. I think from a... What do you think
1: is plantar fasciitis? Well, I'm, only, I'm <laughs> only bringing up Bryce Harper because it seems like the Cardinals have moved on from Manny Machado. Oh, I, I, would, I would say that's true 100%. I would rather have... I still personally would rather have Manny Machado than Bryce Harper. Well,
2: we know you have a... Because really he like, feels a position of need as opposed to... That's correct. ...plugging and, another outfielder. And overall... And you're right. You're uh, yeah. right for that. Yeah.
1: And overall, I think Manny... I'm not... Heads and shoulders better. I think overall, Manny Machado is a better player than Bryce Harper. They're both...
2: It's hard to compare that... I mean, from a numbers perspective, they have very similar numbers, but what... My, Manny Machado obviously brings is, you know, better infield defense. We have a gluttony of outfielders, so you don't necessarily need Harper. But the, both, the thing about both of them is they're both generational talents. These, Absolutely. These are guys that are instantly become the face of your organization for as long as they're there.
1: The, the issue is that when you bring in Bryce Harper is that, okay, now your outfielders are Bryce Harper— you have Marcelo Zuna. You have Harrison Bader. You have Tyler O'Neill, Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler. And if you want to go one step further, now you have Jose Martinez. So you got like six outfielders in three spots. Yep. So you have to decide who you're going to get rid of. And when we had Danny Mack on, he talked about, okay, if you trade Dexter Fowler, the only way that you can really trade him and unload the salary is if someone wants someone like Jack Flaherty or Alex Reyes. And then you'll be like, okay, well, if you want them, then you got to take, De- take Dexter Fowler too right. and like 95% of his salary.
2: Yep. Yeah, there's no way of getting about it. There's uh, there's gonna be a log jam. I mean, it's it's awesome that this is the first day we're already making noise. There's so much left yet to be yet to be had.
1: Absolutely ecstatic about the trade. Um, I hope he does sign here long term. I hope he turns out to be uh, a fan favorite. I mean, I, he seems like he already kind of is, but that's just how the beef that's how the B-fib rolls. Yep.
0: We love Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, I we mean, love Paul Goldschmidt.
1: The B- people are already like, I'd already hear the chance of Schmitty. Yeah. <laughs> God man, but be but puke. but but God help him if he comes out slow, that Schmidt is going to be shitty real quick, <laughs>
0: is he uh? Is he that kind of hitter? Are we broken out his month by month I, stats? I, yet? I
1: look. No, I'm, I'm looking at his baseball, pros, uh, his, his stats on baseball perspectives like over his career. Yeah, and the only time he batted below 290 was in 2012. He batted 286. Last year was his lowest one since then, and it was at 290. Which even if you get 286 out of
2: Paul Goldschmidt, you, we would have
1: killed last year to you know, have someone I bat 290. Killed. Yeah, that would fantastic. Oh my god,
0: absolutely a first baseman batting who's going to bat. Will he bat third or fourth in the lineup? Probably or
2: fifth. third. I, I would assume third. Ozuna hit fourth. Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. So if you get Bryce Harper, then I guess you would have um, you'd have Paul Goldschmidt bat third, you'd have Harper bat fourth, and you mm, would Azuna have Ozuna bat, bat, bat fifth. That's correct. Yep. That's got to be it. That's how you would do that. Uh, last year, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, he had a, a two ninety batting average. He hit 33 home runs, drove in 83.
0: .922 OPS. I mean, and that's, 100, that's, 158 are, games. Those are huge numbers.
2: God. He had a good look year. At that. Got his look at the flat that. out he, plays
0: in uh 2014 he only
1: I mean he played 109 games. Every other season he's played more than 150 games. Twice in his career he has finished second in the MVP voting. Last year he finished 6th, but I mean if he, to me if you finish anything below second who
2: cares? Where did a Cardinal um, fit on that list? None of them. I exactly. mean like I
1: well <laughs> Matt Carpenter,
2: yeah, Matt Carpenter for Matt about Carpenter three or four weeks.
1: Yeah, he was he was a sexy pick for about a month in August, and then in September when he really cooled off, that was the end of it. But um, ecstatic to have Paul Goldschmidt.
2: Yeah, can't say enough about it.
1: Joining us on the phone right now is David Hun. He's a reporter for the St. Louis Post Dispatch. He's been covering the BOA vote for the MLS Stadium downtown. He did a great job of covering the Rams relocation and their stadium issue before going to Houston for a brief period. Now he's back here in the Gateway City. You can follow him on Twitter at David Hun. David Hun, how are you, sir? good i'm
3: very good thank you both all so much for having me i appreciate
1: it about right now is this when you're really starting to miss houston and that great weather whenever (laughs) it's cold and it's icy and and it's dreary
3: that will happen it is not yet not right now i still love the seasons i mean that's the thing about houston for all of its benefits man is it hot and and uh it's gonna be i mean it's beautiful there now don't get me wrong and but i don't miss it yet i will soon
2: you don't miss that traffic do you
3: I don't miss the traffic. I don't miss, you know, the, the honestly though the hardest part for me by far was it's like 6 months of a hard St. Louis summer day.
0: Oh. Yeah. This is where you walk outside and just be like, yeah, I'm, and- I don't I don't need to be out here. I can just go back inside, please.
1: This is a Dave uh, Murray that says it's air that you can wear.
0: Yes, air you can it, wear.
3: Air you can wear. So <laughs> I I think it's more humid even really? you know. Yeah, I think it's more humid than Houston than than St. Louis. I mean, it's just really Hot. You step outside and it kind of hits
2: you. That's a hot take. More human <laughs> than St. Louis. That is a
3: hot take. And
1: Hanselman, you said that uh, on sixty minutes, you saw that uh, eventually Houston is going to take over Chicago as the third largest city in the nation. I did see that on, on sixty minutes.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a huge city. I mean, absurdly huge. And
0: I had no. I mean, I knew it was big. I didn't know. I had no idea that it could overtake Chicago as the third biggest city in the, in the in the country.
3: So oh, if you talk to Houstonians for long, they, you won't, oh. they, they will not let you forget it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: Texas proud, baby. Come we're on. From, that, that we're never, from Texas.
1: That never happens from a, city that, for, from a city that needs a football team, the Texans. Right. Uh, they'd have some <laughs> kind of civic pride like that. Speaking of civic right. pride, uh, let's get to the MLS stadium, the BOA. They voted for it. it, it it's passed, but there's still some, uh, some members of the board that have their concerns about it. Uh, most right. notably is uh, is older woman, Megan Green. Uh, she posted something right. on Facebook, her concerns on it, and I read it and i actually agree with a lot of the concerns that she has as far as the long-term financial health of the of of major league soccer and also i mean do we still know who is going to own this vicinity do we are we any clearer on this
3: yeah so i mean it's looking like the ownership group is pushing hard for the city to own the facility you know and of course the land The, the their reasoning behind it is that this is this it's hard to make the numbers work here as you've said you know Owning an MLS team is is not yet printing money. It may well down the road, but but right now most owners say it's not, and so you, you end up in a position where the ownership group says, if we have to pay property taxes on this, we are not going to make ends meet here, and we're not going to. You know, it's a, I mean, the, Bill, Bill Keeling, the attorney for the for for the ownership group, said they they would. You know, it's a deal killer. So,
2: David. Wh- in terms of making, I guess, the citizens of St. Louis stand up, because I think there's two parties. You have the, the I guess, fiscally responsible party of St. Louis citizens that, that understand all you know, the back end and, and what it takes to make things work. And then you have the St. Louis hooligans, you know, the, the soccer diehards here who are willing to push past all that. What's the reconciliation here, and how do you, I guess, really appeal to both groups and help them understand what it truly takes to get a MLS franchise to the city?
3: You know, uh, that's that's such an interesting question. And I got to be honest, it's not one I'm really contemplating. Right. Like I'm looking at it more in terms of like, what are the facts of the matter? Um, I'm certainly I mean, you know, forgive me for stating the obvious, but I'm certainly not trying to persuade anyone one way or the other. What I think the key question is, is. Um, is is nice nice grammar um, <laughs> from the
2: journalist i very, love it very very so, bill clinton it depends what the definition of is is
3: <laughs> so so i think the key question here is um, now you guys have thrown me oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry just go sorry. with it we're fine right it, it, <laughs> we, we, we have to mls group that the ownership group has to thread this needle of you know persuading the city that it's good for the city and persuading the MLS that it's a moneymaker. So let's not forget that the MLS doesn't want a team that's not going to make money. Very true. So, so how do you get those two to work, right? And that's the hard. That's their job right now. That's a hard job. I mean, there's just no way around it, right?
0: So I've I've been privy to some conversations as well, and saying that um, I mean, really, the Taylor's and the Cavanals are not going to make a ton of money off this to begin with, anyway. Um, like we mentioned about not printing money, but I've also read. Where they're 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 kind of owners, but they're really more or less partners with the XFL in MLS. I'm sorry, the X the MLS. Not the XFL. That's the other brain. That's the other, yeah, that's, that's the other that's on league. The table too, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um,
3: yeah. So yeah, that was yeah,
0: kind of my, my comment slash question for you for you to elaborate on.
3: Right. Right. I mean, it's a it's a franchise, right? So there and there's a lot of you know a very large amount of sharing of profits in major league soccer in comparison to the other leagues. Right. So uh, I don't have, no, no one knows exactly what the dollars and cents are. I wish I did. Or, or if that's not true, some clearly do know, but I don't. And um, I, I think the question becomes, you know, the, these these East coast and West coast teams are so essential to the, the welfare of the league, you know, are, and, and then, and then you end up with all the, the middle, the middle groups, right. The middle cities who need to, make their own way as well. I mean, yeah, right. The, the kind of the, the narrative that the ownership group is clearly getting out there is this, they see this as something of a philanthropic venture. Um, and they just hope they, you know what it is. They hope that their children or maybe even their grandchildren can make money on this. They, they don't see themselves making money now on it. So yeah, it's interesting.
0: And you look at you look at like the the Atlanta franchise where when they first started playing down there at the new Mercedes Benz Stadium, they were only yeah. they were only seating about twenty five thousand in the lower bowl. The demand was so high for tickets that they were able to open up their upper bowl of seats. And I I think the last the I mean there were some games I think they sell out. There were there sixty five sixty five thousand people at these MLS games. I mean it's kind of it's it's incredible when you think about it.
3: Yeah, that's a ton of people.
0: Well, these aren't even the best soccer players in the world. I mean, all the best ones play in the EPL. I mean, these are, you know, they're good, but they're not the best in the world, not like not like the sports you usually see here in the United States.
3: Yeah, the Spanish League would take uh, umbrage to that statement, but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my, my apologies to the, to
1: the Spanish teams. Uh, yeah. David, are you familiar with who uh, Neil de Mouse is?
3: Yeah, of course. Okay. I talked to Neil uh, three years ago quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got some great points on the on the troubles with stadiums, right?
1: Well, the troubles with stadiums, and, and basically he was saying that the MLS, he wasn't flat out saying that they were a Ponzi scheme, but he said they were kind of operating much like one. They're trying to keep yeah. the league afloat with all the expansion fees. Is that something that you kind of think that, that the city should be a little leery of?
3: Yeah, I think everybody should be leery of it. I'll tell you this up front, though. Um, it's something I have to look into. I don't know. It. All I've done is is read on it. I don't know enough um, for my own investigations. So I I can't comment on that now. Sure. I certainly think it's something we
1: should all be paying attention to. Absolutely. This was a few years ago when I was on the mornings on 590 The Fan. It was me and Dave Rapp and Dave Rapp did the homework on it because this is when the Rams had just left and the MLS, the, the way I kind of compared it was that we were the girl who got dumped at the dance, you know, by the star quarterback. And now the, like, the, the band geek kind of smells blood in the water and senses his vulnerability and now he's going to make <laughs> his move. So Dave Rapp did all the research and there was like, I, I forgot how many, t- how many teams are in the MLS. There's a ton. I couldn't believe how many there were, but there was only like maybe two or three that actually turned a profit. Everybody else was in the red.
3: Yeah, that's the same stuff I've heard. But again, I want to be clear here that I haven't done the research yet. Man, you guys remember I'm like three weeks in, right? Not yeah, that, even.
2: That's true. Come on, David, have all the answers for us when we need them. Gosh. Right?
3: I know. I wish I'm getting there. I'm
1: getting there. <laughs> um, I when I heard you on the the Tim McKernan podcast, and it was such a great interview, it was it was wildly inter- wildly entertaining, especially all the stuff about the Rams relocation. You guys kind of sharing stories and everything that you went through and everything that Tim went through. But um, oh, thank you. are welcome. It was it was really good. But I heard you guys talking about like you know when it comes to these stadiums, who owns it? Is it the owner that owns it or is it the city that owns it and when you know the Rams are doing their relocation I, I did my own kind of research on it very few owners actually own the stadiums I think Jerry Jones owns his down in Dallas and obviously Stan is going to own his once it opens up in in Inglewood. Uh, but very few owners actually own the stadiums that their football teams or even baseball teams play in.
3: well you have to remember that this is a new trend right like I mean, it, you know, the Jones Dome played no small – what was the Jones Dome? The Dome formerly known as the Jones Dome? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, uh, you know, played no small role in this exact issue. And so cities stopped doing this. I mean, as much as they could, right, especially cities in demand, you know, stopped doing – I mean, that's not. Sure, I'm not sure that's fair, <laughs> but they stopped doing this when uh, when they started seeing kind of these deals come about that they were like, how can we like – we, you know, our, our citizens are not going to – allow us to do this again citizens got mad politicians got mad and things started to change so so owner owned stadiums is newer rather than older right
1: it's got to be what happens now yeah going forward absolutely
2: I, and David, yeah. I, I'm curious to know if there. And you talked about threading that needle and kind of finding that fine line. I yeah. wonder, from a financial standpoint, if there's any strategy to where the Taylors and the Kavanaugh's look at it. I mean, they've got to be in the know. They they fully understand that MLS franchises are not profitable by the majority. So I wonder if they take a different approach financially in terms of maybe not building a stadium right away but finding an alternative site, building a fan base, getting ticket revenue, and, and then letting that almost pay for itself as you go to build out a new stadium. What are your thoughts on that?
3: I do not think they're going to do that. I've absolutely seen no indication that they have any interest other than building a stadium from the get-go. In fact, my understanding, you know, if anybody knows differently, please call me <laughs> or, or email me, SteelToday.com,
1: right? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Or just, uh, or just hit him up on Twitter at David Hun.
3: There you go. Thank you. Uh, uh, you're welcome. My, no, my understanding is entirely the opposite, that they are not going to field the team until the stadium is built. 2022. Right, guys?
1: That's yes, That's correct. That's the goal. Could you see possibly a scenario where the the Taylors of the Cavanaugh will own the stadium for the first couple of years while the team gets like it, it's footing underneath it and then if they start to see the profit turns and and the MLS the financial health improves where they could actually just maybe sell the stadium to the city.
3: Um I don't I mean I don't think so what would be the benefit to them for that
1: to the Taylors? Yeah, yeah. Just basically getting out from underneath, like the upkeep, and like you said, the taxes.
3: Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think they've persuaded the city to own the stadium. Okay. I mean, it, it, there doesn't seem to be any real, you know. So, so there are there are real. Let me let me rephrase before I stick my foot in my mouth, and and I don't mean <laughs> and I don't mean this politically correctly. It's not that. It's that I believe there are real concerns here. That, that we should all be discussing, you know, like the city has a lot of problems and I think it's very fair to say, should it be spending any money at all on things that I think we could honestly say are frivolous, even if we love them. Right.
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
3: But that said, um, there, there's no, I mean, the, the aldermen, even the aldermen who are critics don't want to stop the stadium from coming and don't want to stop it from getting paid for. You know, I mean, remember this is like a, a, a vastly, overwhelmingly privately funded stadium and all the aldermen right or wrong. And I'm not suggesting that they're right, um, are, are kind of smitten, you know?
2: Absolutely. And, and to that point, I I wanted to get your opinion just from a soccer love, you know, that hooligan mindset, what is getting an MLS team really mean to St. Louis? How big of a deal is that?
3: Oh, that's a really good question too. Is that like a stall tactic to say it's a really good question? (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Uh, And it's a great compliment, too. It's appreciated, nonetheless. We we silently
0: cheer every time we get that compliment. Yeah, we
1: we, we, we really do. We all do like a fist pump, and we point to the guy who asked the question. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're the man. I
3: I can see that in my head right now. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Um, So, uh, yes, it's a big deal. Um, Is it a a big, you know, I, I think it's a big deal for two reasons. I think that... It is an honest draw for people, and I think it's an honest draw for people who live here now, and I think it's an honest draw for people who come in. Remember, St. Louis gets a ton of folks coming through, you know, say like the Enterprise, you know, since we're talking about them, the Enterprise Training Program, right? Yes. Um, yep. and, and, and keeping folks in St. Louis is a goal of city leaders and civic leaders. So, so yeah, it matters, right? Will it persuade thousands of people to come to St. Louis? No, it won't, right? And and you know, but but it does provide a love that, that is important that people will care about. And I uh, you know, you can't understate that. Um, to the same extent, let's not overstate it, right? It's it's not jobs. It's not jobs for for 5,000.
1: Um it, it, go ahead, keep yeah. going David.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not it's not jobs. It's not jobs for 5,000. It's not the Amazon you know, distribution center. I mean, the, you know, the, the, I just think we need to
2: keep it in perspective, right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not the NFL coming in. It's, you know, it's maybe it's the XFL. Maybe it's better than the XFL. <laughs> oh, it's better than the XFL. No, I know I'm teasing about that. Uh, <laughs> David, I wanted to ask you about uh, lawsuits and uh, involving <laughs> one Enos Stanley Cronkey and the, and your uh, St. Louis Rams LLC. You know, they uh, recently lost that lawsuit where they're going to have to pay the PSL holders some, some back money. Because I guess PSLs were guaranteed through 2025 or something along Correct. those lines for 30 seasons. Uh, but now hey,
3: it's- Guys, go back one step. Sorry. Forgive me for interrupting. Sure. But no no I, problem. I do, want, I do want to say one more thing about kind of NFL versus MLS. Go ahead. MLS. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and that is that, you know, we don't know. Like, MLS is kind of the cool kid on the block right now. And I, I've said this before. I said this in other shows. I, I, you know, St. Louis is a significantly cooler city than. Um, sometimes people who've lived here their whole lives give it credit for, it. and and I just wonder, there 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 may be a tipping point where you you stack up enough kind of quote unquote cool things, you know, and 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 you do get an influx of skinny jean wearing hipsters, right? <laughs> oh, fun! <laughs> and, and and maybe and maybe that's that is a really good thing for the city. So, uh, you know, I guess my point is is we'll see where the NFL goes, we'll see what we'll see where the MLS go, goes. It's unclear right now. But um, there are definitely people who think this is a bigger deal
0: than than I just gave her credit for. No, I'm saying it's an absolutely huge deal, you know. And I, for one, I'm, I'm super excited. I mean, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I, I watch big games, and I would absolutely support a, a local team by buying season tickets and things like that. So, um, yeah. But uh, you know, so like, sorry. No, back no, no, you're the, fine. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. While well, lawsuits, you know, the um, the Rams had to cough up some money to their former PSL holders here. In the uh, city of St. Louis, but there's still the big lawsuit um, against the owners and the NFL. Um, are you still covering that? Are you still have your ear to the rail about yeah, what's exactly. going on there? And so, if you could give us a little bit of an update where we stand here in the uh, in the early stages of December 2018 with the big lawsuit against the NFL.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean here's the only the only point I really know on this. Uh, Jim Thomas and I, the, uh, who covers the Rams, covered the Rams for the Post Dispatch. And now covers the blues actually, but but it knows more about football than darn near anybody in the in the world. Um, he and I just spoke about this today and I, I will help some, on some coverage of the Rams lawsuits going forward, I think. Um but, but the the important point is this, right? And and you know, forgive me for just jumping right to the punchline, but
1: Go there, for there it. ain't
3: there ain't no way Stan is gonna get deposed. Like I just can't see it happening. And I, I'm I'm sure I'm pissing off lawyers right now by saying it, but I mean, he's gonna he's gonna do everything he can to stay away from personally sitting in front of attorneys for these lawsuits, and I, I just I just think they're gonna settle before it gets to that point, point. and I think that's the plan of these attorneys. I mean, again, I'm really speaking off the cuff here, right? But I think sure, I think that's no,
1: what's no, no, happen. no. Well, I mean, I think almost any time there's a lawsuit, I think the plan is almost always to kind of settle, settle, especially when there's this we
0: much have been, money involved. We have been advocating on this on this very podcast that the uh, the plaintiff should ask for two nfl teams and hope to get one
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell will you guys keep me posted on that Please, yes. <laughs>
2: if, we, if we know before you something went terribly wrong
3: <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't know i think uh i mean the lawsuits are all really interesting what there's four of them right uh one of them's about merchandise one of them's about psls one of oh the psl one just settled right it did Corrected. yep yeah yeah i so. think
0: everybody's getting five dollars
3: well so so i just talked to jim about that jim thomas again uh and he said that's not true some of these guys are going to get thousands of dollars
0: oh really that's awesome that's great good for them yeah good for them that's awesome
3: yeah not a not a small deal um the the other thing that i that he said that again i give him all credit for this is that the do you guys remember when reggie bush got hurt Yes. yes right and that that lawsuit um really set the tone for the rams they they thought that they would not be involved in that lawsuit whatsoever remember it was against the dome the dome itself and the rams were countersued or not sorry not countersued but added to the suit and uh and they and they did they they were actually held as as a party so you know i think jim says they didn't expect that and that that was a big deal opened their eyes and maybe maybe led to that settlement so a little inside baseball there, but I think fascinating.
0: Well, they're so arrogant. We were talking to Howard Balzer a couple of months ago about this very about this very topic as well, and he said that he ran into Roger Goodell at the Hall of Fame ceremonies and was talking to Roger and and asked about you know asked about the lawsuit. He goes, "Yeah, we're not worried about that." I mean, granted, and this was back at, you know, this is back in August. Well, I think they're a little yeah. more worried about it now uh, because which, of the precedent that has been set.
3: Which suit was he not worried about? The um, the,
0: the big one. The big one. The, the big yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, you just have to remember that even if they sue for, I don't know what double what they paid to, to you know, to get that to get that together. I remember writing those stories. I think it was like sixteen million. So it let's was. Say they sue for. Let's say they sue for forty, right? Um, I mean, you know, what, what's, what's 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 Stan worth? Like twenty four billion.
1: Oh, I I, I, guess, I, think I thought had, I think he and Ann Binder are about twelve. It's did, a lot of money. These, okay,
0: it's more yeah. than I have in my pocket right now, which I'm very upset about. Um, <laughs> the. But it, but the problem is is that the fraud that was perpetrated upon the people of St. Louis and the governments of St. Louis, when they knew you know, they, they put them through all that and then but then they knew that they weren't going to do it yeah. I mean, so I mean it was it's, regardless it's a, it's a, of the effort they knew what they were going yeah, to yeah regardless of the, right. so I mean it's fraud on, uh, my, it's my, criminal
3: <laughs> my, only, my, my only point is this: it it is going to depend a lot on what you see as we're not worried about it. Right, maybe they're not worried about it because it's not enough money for them, for them to worry it's about. It's true. It. Maybe they're not worried about it because they don't, or weren't, because uh, they didn't think it. They were. It was. There was any chance of you know St. Louis winning? I don't know. But I, you know, we just have to remember what the pockets are like on some of these guys.
1: David Hunt from the Post Dispatch joining us right now on the Last Man Up podcast. You could follow him on Twitter at David Hunt. David, final question for you this evening, and thank you again for joining us. You are someone who was born and raised in Southern California, correct? Correct. Okay. And then you uh, you had you know you've lived in St. Louis for a little bit, moved to Houston and then you moved back. When you were first here in St. Louis and you're you're you know getting your legs underneath you as a reporter and as someone as an outsider from the city and as someone I could tell in your voice that you do like this the city of St. Louis a lot. What's the yeah. one thing about the region that's kind of drives you crazy? Like you just roll your eyes when it happens and you shake your head like, "You know what? If you guys could just, you know, burp, 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 burp You guys would really improve your situation. What's that one thing? That's a lot of pressure to put on him. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure to put on him. We're looking for for leadership, David. I want you to be mayor one day. Uh, Hey. He's breaking up on us. Are you still there, David?
3: Oh, shoot. Hold on, guys. Here we go. Can you hear me now? There we go. That's better. Okay. Yeah, I did that on purpose. I didn't want to answer (laughs) the question. Very Um, clever. No, uh, nothing. There's absolutely nothing that drives me crazy about St. Louis. I I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of folks who think that St. Louis has a, like a bad attitude about itself. Like it it looks, you know, it's, it's, it looks down on itself. And and I kind of say, you know, sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. Um, you know, in general, I think St. Louis is full of a whole bunch of people trying really hard to make the place better. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that drives me crazy, um, Oh, man, this is heavy, guys. Are you sure you want to hear this? I or want to hear it. Let's ready. hear it. I think
1: we probably need to hear it. We need some tough love.
3: <laughs> we, uh, you know, we have a, a large population of people who uh, don't have jobs, you know, don't, can't find work, and who finding hope in their daily lives is really hard. Yeah. And I think we've ignored them. And I think we've got to figure that out. And then just think about it economically. Like, what, what, what's that load on the region, you know? It just, we've got to figure that out.
1: Yep. Great point. I agree with you 100%. Uh, David Hun, it's so good hearing from you again, sir. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you again soon. And uh, keep, doing up, uh, keep doing the great job you're doing right now with the Post Dispatch.
3: Such a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Nice, Thanks, David. David.
1: That is David Hun from the Post Dispatch. You can follow him on Twitter at David Hun.
3: she take my money.
4: Well, I'm in need. Yes, yeah, it's a trifling. Friend indeed oh she's a gold digger well over town. that digs on me uh.
1: nice. joining us on the phone right now is Craig Edwards from fangraphs.com formerly Aviva Albertos you can follow him on Twitter at Craig J Edwards Craig how are you sir I'm doing all right. Pretty exciting day for Cardinal fans. I think this is the day that well, the, that we've been kind of waiting for the for the the, the past couple years. J, uh, John Moselak like, finally kind of landing that big blow, trading Paul Goldschmidt or getting call, uh, Paul Goldschmidt from the Arizona Diamondbacks for Luca Weaver, Carson Kelly, and Andy Young. And Andy Young, uh, what was your initial reaction when you heard about the trade?
4: You know, I you know heard first that it was Paul Goldschmidt, so I think that uh, you know if if you're a Cardinals fan, you have to be really excited about that. You know, he's one of the, the top 10 headers in baseball. He's been arguably the best player in the national league over the last half dozen seasons. Um, you know, so that there's tons of reasons to be excited. And then you look at the package that they gave up and um, it's guys who, you know, were once thought to have a future uh, in St. Louis, a promising future in St. Louis, uh, particularly Luke Weaver and, and Carson Kelly. Uh, but maybe now are more excess pieces where Luke Weaver's ro- place in the rotation isn't necessarily secure, and Carson Kelly uh, saw Yadier Molina sign that extension, and then uh, Andrew Kinzer also uh, do well in the minors. So the, they, they gave up good players, but not necessarily players that were uh, of vital importance to the Cardinals in the future. So I, I think that you have to be uh, pretty excited about that because I think that the fear was uh, that you would overpay for uh, a really good player in Paul Goldschmidt, but a guy that would be a free agent at the end of the season.
2: Craig, uh, obviously, you know the Paul Goldschmidt signing is is very important, obviously, and integral to the Cardinals' success next season. Um, obviously, the next question for the best fans in baseball is always going to be though, what's next? You know what? What else are we shooting for? Bryce Harper's name has been thrown out there a lot. Now we're getting conflicting reports saying you know the Cardinals are out on him. All that good stuff. What do you make uh, the Cardinals' plans for the offseason the rest of the way?
4: You know, I I think that, uh, you know, if you're worried, um, you know, you think that they're probably going to overpay for a reliever, uh, maybe get somebody else for uh, the bench and and not do a whole lot else. I I think that um, I would argue that getting a guy who you only have for one year. And then also you have Marcelo Zuna only for one year. Miles Michaelis for one year. Um, You know, your your window to win is really right now. And you can shore up now and the future by going out and getting, um, you know, a a free agent who's not very often available. And that's uh, a guy like Bryce Harper who's young enough to where you can give him a lot of years and not worry as much about it and a guy who is an impact player at a position that you can afford to to upgrade out there in right field. I think that it makes more sense now to go after Bryce Harper than it did before the Cardinals traded for Paul Goldschmidt.
1: So you think like the early reports of that Bryce Harper is no longer on the Cardinals radar, do you think that that just could be smoke or do you think there's something to that?
4: You know, I, I think that there definitely could be something to that. Uh I just don't agree with the move if that's gotcha. what they're doing. Okay. Um I I think that, that if you know Bryce Harper's available and Bryce Harper is available, there's no reason that not, nothing you did by trading for ba- Paul Goldschmidt uh fixed your need for a a long term star.
1: Because uh, you just mentioned that Paul Goldschmidt, he's a free agent after this year, as well as Marcelo Zuna, Miles Michaelis, and um and Michael Waka do you think that this move is kind of like a win now move? Is that how you would kind of see this, or what? What do you think the Cardinals' logic is? Just have Paul Goldschmidt come in here, have him get you know uh, washed in love uh, at Bush Stadium from from the Cardinal fans, and that he's just going to be like, "Yep, this is it. This is where I want to spend the rest of my career."
4: I mean, Paul Goldschmidt signed a below market deal in Arizona, and as a result, he's not going to be a free agent until after the season. And his free agent years are going to be, you know, 32, 33, 34 years where, generally speaking, uh, you're on the decline. You know, uh, Josh Donaldson was in a similar situation last year. And, um, you know, we saw a, a tough year mean that he signed a one year deal instead of the five years, 150 million that, that, you know, people thought he might get a year ago. And so I think that, um, you know, Paul Goldschmidt's a, a risky guy long-term. Are you really going to say, oh, we're going to sign Paul Goldschmidt for, you know, five years and $150 million for ages 32 through 36, but you're not going to sign Bryce Harper through age 35? I mean, I, I don't think that, that, that necessarily makes a whole lot of sense. That said, I'm sure that there is a reasonable uh, a deal that, that Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals might be able to reach, but I think generally speaking, Ah, uh, these guys sign for the the highest dollar that they're offered. Um, I, I don't know that Paul Goldschmidt is is not willing to 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 sign a contract before the, the season starts, but uh, that would take away some of the risk for him. Um, but it, it would add a, a considerable amount for the Cardinals. Do you think that the Cardinals
2: are worried about? I mean, obviously, with the the acquisition of Goldschmidt, he'll obviously play first base, moving Matt Carpenter, you know, over to third as of right now. Um, do you feel that that's a long-term solution for both of those players? I mean, given that, you know, Paul Goldschmidt may only be here for a year, we could possibly, you know, extend him. But is Matt Carpenter what the Cardinals are really looking for at third base moving forward?
4: Well, uh, at least for this season. But you got to keep in mind, Matt Carpenter's only signed for two more seasons. That's true. He's, what, 33? So he'll be 34 at the end of uh, 2020. I mean, that's that's not – That's not a time where you're planning for for a guy being a long-term answer uh, regardless. So I I think that um, if they signed Goldschmidt long-term, I think that you could get two years at third base out of Carpenter. Um, But I do think it'd be tough to to keep him on after that unless uh, the the DH was involved. What
1: uh, relief pitchers do you think the Cardinals have their eye on? Is it Andrew Miller? Is Is it someone else? Who do you think the Cardinals are really going to go after to shore up their bullpen?
4: You know, I think they'll probably be out on uh, the big money, you know, top dollar guys, which is going to be, you know, Kimbrell and Ottavino, probably, Um, you know, I think it just depends on the price with guys like Andrew Miller and Zach Britton. Uh, Both of those guys have been uh, incredibly good in the past. But at the same time, they, they both have had injury concerns over the last few seasons. And uh, I'm reluctant to give any reliever any money, and uh, I I would think that the Cardinals would be too after the last few years have have worked out yep. with yes. relievers. But uh, um, you know, I, I I guess if if they do go back in, you know, I know Derek Gould reported that the, the Zach Britton, uh, you know, is a guy that that the Cardinals have a lot of interest in, and you know that that could be a fit. Um, but again, if it were me, I'd I'd, I'd steer clear of of uh, big reliever commitments because uh, you, you just you, you, a lot of times you end up throwing money down the drain.
2: And the Cardinals have a, a gluttony of young arms, too. And I think that, uh, you know, kind of gets washed in, in the conversations for the free agent, possible free agents is um, while it'd be nice to make a move. Do you necessarily feel that they have to make a move in terms of, of bullpen relief?
4: Uh I, I don't think they have to make a move. Um, you know, they still have a, a ton of arms. Um, you know, one guy I did like is a potential reliever, uh Weaver uh went went over in the in, in the deal for, for Goldschmidt. But I think you know, you've got Jordan Hicks, you've maybe got Alex Reyes, um, you know, that's 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 a strong foundation potentially, and then you've got a bunch of guys who have underperformed over the last few seasons, but uh, we've seen in the past that uh, how a guy in relief does one year doesn't really uh, have you know a whole lot of effect on how he does the next year, and they may be better off just uh, seeing what they have in spring training. Uh, hopefully, they can make it through the first few months of the season, and then if it's still a real problem, uh, you know, make a move at the deadline.
1: I kind of like what I saw from Jordan Hicks last year. I mean, yep. his twenty-one, throws triple digits. You know, he he he's got pretty good control. They can maybe work on that with him. I think that the reliever of the future is Jordan Hicks. Call me crazy.
4: You know what? He had a development year, except he had it at the major leagues, and he still had a lot of success. You know, they they jumped him up, uh, uh, you know, straight from a ball, and and that's a that's a really big jump. He's still learning how to pitch, and and I think that uh, he'll get better in time. You know, he's got that uh, you know high velocity sinker. Maybe you know he. he he works on uh, making sure that, that his slider is a little bit more consistent. Maybe he can get a four seam fastball and get more s- swings and misses. He's still very young. Um but you, you you just don't see that live arm uh anywhere, uh really. And and so uh, I it wouldn't surprise me if if he got a lot better this season.
1: Dexter Fowler, what do you think his future is with the Cardinals or does he have one with the Cardinals?
4: Um, you know, if unless the Cardinals are, are signing Bryce Harper, um, I don't see how uh, he's probably, you know, still on the team uh, opening day and he'll try to rebound from, you know, what was a pretty disastrous season last year and, and hope that he has his health back and, and can try to uh, do a little bit better. Um, you know, right now for those that, that third outfield spot, they've got Martinez and uh, Fowler and O'Neill, and, um, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen whether Martinez is a guy who, who isn't going to get dealt at some point, which would leave Fowler and O'Neill, and, and there's plenty of playing time for both of those guys, for O'Neill to prove himself as a major leaguer and for Fowler to sort of uh, recover some of his value and see, see what he still has left. But uh, right now, um, unless there's you know, a, a perfect fit out there, uh, you know, maybe, you know, Fowler might want to go to, to the Braves or something uh, and the Cardinals are willing to pay down half the contract or more. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see there being too many options for, for the Cardinals to, to move on from Dexter Fowler unless they're willing to eat a ton of money.
1: Craig Edwards, uh, you can read him at Fangraphs com. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Edwards. Craig Edwards, we appreciate your thoughts, sir.
4: Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Craig.
1: Thanks, Craig.
0: For the players, we simply say thank you. Thank you for the privilege of competing before you here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL.
1: Those are the words of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the... CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment, and also now the XFL. You're listening to the Last Man Up podcast, Matt Berger, Clay Byersdorfer, and Andy Hanselman. It was announced today that St. Louis will be one of eight cities that will be home to the XFL.
0: They're going to be called the St. Louis Hoosiers. It came out today.
1: Yeah, right. That, that, that no, can't
0: be the name. It's coming out in the uh, uh, first quarter of next year. The, uh, the colors, head coach, team name, and some other things, too.
1: Um, I, I, I'm like, I'm a little excited about it. Like look, this is, this is okay. This is not the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, everybody who's out there who's like thumbing their nose at it and saying XFL, big deal. Look, I mean, it's, it's, it's not It's, it's a little kind of cute thing to get excited about. I guess you could say
2: it is. It's like having a minor league stadium, you know, and it is, and I, I love going to minor league games they are goofy as hell. I, w- I the, will. The play is erratic, but the thing that you love <laughs> most about minor league games and you'll love about the XFL is you hear about these guys getting drafted or washed out or having, you know, to find alternate routes to professional sports. And, you know, you fall in love with these guys. I would love to see some St. Louis area guys make that team. I would and too get a fan base behind them. I'd love to see some former NFL players on the roster just to be able to have their jersey. So I think it's a I think it's a real positive thing for Saint Louis.
0: I think the way they're planning this thing out, it's it's gonna be it is gonna be a real positive thing. I mean, they're taking
1: their time with it. They're, 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 that's where that's where Vince McMahon he, that's where he screwed up last time. Yep. Yeah, is that he rushed it, and now yep. he knows that he's gonna be a little bit smarter about it. Take your time. Because the reason why the XFL fails because the football was bad. And Vince knew the football was bad, and that's why he was bringing in all the wrestling cronies to do all the TV shows. And then everybody just kind of rolled their eyes and been like, if I wanted to watch wrestling, I'd watch wrestling. I want to watch football.
0: So I read today that Vince inv- is, gonna inv- is-, is investing $500 million. Holy cow. Into the XFL. And I guess Andrew Luck's dad. Oliver Luck. Oliver. Oliver Luck is his right-hand man.
1: He's yeah. he's basically going to be the, the commissioner, the, the, yeah, the Roger, commissioner of the Roger Goodell role. And uh, he's getting paid like $20 million a year. That is crazy for the XFL. Crazy. That's under market
2: and, for a uh, uh, commissioner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what does Fidel make? Like
1: sixty million dollars or something stupid a year? Forty. Forty. God. Forty or forty-four. So I'd be he, demanding a raise if he, I was Oliver Luck. He
2: took, <laughs> he, he's taking a pay cut going to the XFL.
1: Um, if you look at the cities, uh, the other seven cities, they are all NFL cities. Yep. St. Louis is the only non-NFL city to get. An XFL franchise, so that's kind of like a feather in the cap. Vince McMahon has, al- has always loved St. Louis. Yep. St. Louis has always been a great wrestling town, mm-hmm. even going back to where um, it was all kind of like small independent circuits before there was like this nationwide WWF or WCW even back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go to games. I will buy merchandise. I will support the team. But, I mean, like, I'm not going
2: to pretend that this is something
1: more than what
2: it is. No. No, and I think that's a big reason why the XFL may have fell flat on its face. And you talked about it. the football is bad, but I think people went into it with – Unrealistic expectations, thinking that it was going to be anything close to that and NFL. I think people
1: like people were ready for it to fail too. There was a lot of sure. uh, of, of shaden Freud in it they Absolutely. were like they were wanting to see Vince McMahon fall on his face, they were wanting to see the xFL fail and, and, and there's still probably people out there who still want to see that i don't want, i don 't get that what being what, I mean, the xfl 's existence has no bearing on your life no. Vince McMahon is not kicking down your door and making you watch. He's not strapping you into that chair that you saw in a clockwork orange and making you watch the XFL. But I think he's smart in thinking that there is, in my opinion, there is an appetite for spring football. Mm -hmm. People love football. That is their favorite sport to watch. They're not into basketball. They're not into baseball. They're not into hockey. They just want to
2: watch football. So even, you know, quote-unquote crappy spring football is still football. Well, and you're seeing that. I mean, clearly – You have the XFL, and then you also have the AAF, the American Alliance of Football, which is another league that's starting. Which which already has a a
1: TV deal with CBS uh, Sportsnet. Right.
2: So there's clearly a market for another football league other than the NFL and obviously other than college football. But it's an exciting time. I'm really interested to see how this is going to pan out.
0: There's a lot more money involved in this than there is in that. In that AAL. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you got, got someone like this McMahon
2: backing it, that there's going to be money.
0: I was surprised at the selection of cities that they picked. Dallas, St. Louis, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Washington, D.C. No Chicago. No Houston. No, uh, what else uh, was I going to say? Um, Tampa. Philadelphia.
2: Tampa's kind of a surprising Vegas, one. Las Vegas, Phoenix. Yep. No Austin or San Antonio either. Yeah. Tampa. There's
0: just one team in Texas. I mean, Texas is as big as... It's, it's it's a tenth of the country almost.
1: Tampa really surprises me, and the Your reason team in Anchorage. <laughs> the reason why Tampa surprised me, and, and, and anybody outside the St. Louis market is going to hear this, they're going to roll their eyes when I say it. But Tampa's having trouble filling out like the Buccaneers games, right. and that's an NFL team. You know they're they're they are literally giving away tickets to go see the Bucks play. Right. What are they going to do with uh, with the Tampa with the Tampa Bay XFL team? You right. know, if, if they're having trouble people going going there, the real question is. What is going to be the name of the team oh clay knows so, so I, I, <laughs> come on clay, you got inside information no. Got Clay's, the inside Clay's track. To know
2: no i honestly there's uh, a ton of names that have been thrown out there from what I can tell you what I do there's a ton of names that have been thrown out there. there's color color schemes um I will say that it's gonna be appropriate to the city of St Louis I mean, I figured it would be Yeah, it's yeah. not gonna i do not believe that it's gonna take on this um kind of fantasy team names that they had with the previous XFL. Where you had like it's the, not going to be Maniac, Renegade, XXXXX. No, 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 no,
0: no. The St. I- Louis-Delmar divide?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a little bit more traditional in terms of, you know, if you compare it to the NFL where the team names aren't overly aggressive. But there is going to be some edge. And when you have Vincent McMahon, you know, at the helm of it, there's going to be a little bit of edge to it.
0: Do they name them the football Cardinals?
1: No, seriously. I thought when I was a kid, I thought that was the dumbest thing, that yeah, the I football know. team and the baseball team were both Cardinals. I think it was a yeah. bad idea from the get-go. Um,
0: so, I mean, and also their selection of stadiums is kind of strange as well. Uh, the Los the, the, Angeles the, team. The like Dome is the only one that's actually, like, a big stadium. Right. Everything no, else no, is, no. is a smaller No, medium. not no, true right. at all. Not true at all. Uh, the New York team is going to play at MetLife Stadium. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Dallas is going to play at Globe Life Park, which is, I believe is the uh, uh, Rangers field. Okay. Okay. Uh, Houston is going to play at TDECU Stadium. I don't know what that is. What that is uh, Los Angeles team is going to play at the StubHub Center. Yeah, that's where the Chargers play. Yep. And then the, uh, the Dome at America Center here in St. Louis, 66,965 official capacity. Also, the only stadium without naming rights. So that's my next question. And then um, the, adult, the Seattle team is going to play at the Link. The Tampa Bay team is going to play at Raymond James Stadium. And then the uh, D.C. team is going to play at a place called Audi Field.
1: Maybe I just heard the initial reports. That they were like the... That the St. Louis is going to be the only one like, really playing at a football stadium. I mean, everybody else is going to be yeah. playing in the smaller venues like the Hub.
0: I think like Audi Field, yeah. Field is the MLS stadium. In, I was going to say,
2: I think that's the Washington, whatever that... It's not the... Are ma-
1: they D.C. United? Yeah, DC that's United. Is, D.C. United. Yeah. Um so, you know, like you have an idea of what the team name is. So, I'm going to throw some names at you.
2: And <laughs> oh, you just, I like you just, you, just kind of, you just kind of give me a yes or I, I'm not going to be able to give you a yes or no. I, don't, uh, okay, I, I know just, nothing substantial. How, how about Hot or Cold? Remember that game, Hot or Cold, whenever yeah, you were a kid? I'm not going to be able to give you a read one way or another. Oh, come on. Uh, the St. Louis Archers. I've got to tell you no every single time. I like it.
1: The St. The Louis I, – I, I, some people keep saying Stallions, but I think you're correct. I think that is property of the NFL. It is. So I can't see any way that happening, but maybe like the St. Louis Stampede or the St. Louis Clydesdales, I could see that being a possibility. How about the St.
0: Louis Ninth? Do you get it? Yes. Louis the IX? Louis IX. The, the yeah, the Ninths.
2: <laughs> um, I'd love to see some uh, something with the river. I, I think Ooh. River, I think River City could possibly work. It's stuff yeah. in there, but.
0: Deep River, River Raiders, My or My Home is Over Jordan, the
1: Riverboat, uh, the Riverboat Gamblers, maybe something oh, like that. Yeah, love that the casino queens. Don't don't. Oh. casino queens, Casino um, Queens. But it, it, like, the I, lo- home I, of the loosest slats. Period. I I am looking forward <laughs> to buying the uh, the hat and and the oh, T-shirt, provided I'm, that the color scheme isn't
2: terrible. As long as it's not pink or purple, I'm a hundred percent.
1: Oh, it's gonna be all teal. Even Guarantee if, it. <laughs> even if it's all teal, I'm okay.
2: You would be okay with that.
1: I'd be okay with that. I like. I like. San teal. Jose's
2: got a nice teal color. They do. The San Sharks. Jose Sharks. The, the, the Sharks, got, Sharks
1: have, have, nice, nice have a nice have a nice teal
2: color.
0: If the XFL does well, I they probably wouldn't want to move out of the dome and go play outside, would they? Oh, no. they're
2: not going to. They're not going to make enough revenue to have a new stadium. No, no, no. To like play
0: that. in the new MLS stadium. Oh, <laughs> now you're just. Now you're
1: (laughs) You're throwing rocks into the woods. Hey, Megan Green, what do you think about that?
0: (laughs) Christina Gracia, huh? What Uh, do you got to say about that?
1: Sticking with football, Mizzou landing a a very big fish. Kelly Bryant, ex-Clemson quarterback, he was looking to transfer. He narrowed it down to a few schools, Mizzou being one of them. Mizzou, Arkansas, and Auburn. He spun the, the other Tigers, and wu Suey, Sui, he is now going to be playing for your gold and black. That is a huge no, no, pickup.
0: No, no, no. gold, black, and anthracite. You forgot, you forgot the anthracite. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. All <laughs> apologies. And the bumblebees. To, to Doug, the,
2: Doug Vaughn would, would just consider black and gold acceptable. Thank you. I did, I did that for Doug
1: Vaughn. <laughs> um, but that, that is, this is a huge, huge pickup. Huge commitment. Huge pickup for for the Tigers. Uh, Barry Odom rewarded with a two year contract extension. Nope. So everybody who was wanting Barry Odom fired, you're not going to get your Christmas your Christmas wish. Those That's two, how you
0: recruit. It's how you recruit. <laughs> I was just say,
1: those two aren't linked whatsoever. No, not what's none whatsoever. <laughs> um, I asked when I was on Charlie Tuna's show last night. I asked Howard Balser this. Do you, what do you think this means for Gus Malzahn down in Auburn? Because I thought for sure that that's where he was going to be going, and I kept hearing rumors that Gus Malzahn may be getting fired. I mean, I think it would be crazy to get rid of him. He He's won a national title. Yep. But that they may be looking to get rid of Gus Malzahn. Um I'm wondering if that bodes well for his future down there or not.
2: Yeah, well, I think what's lost in that, too, is not only did – mizzou add kelly bryant but they also added another big transfer a wide receiver from university of arkansas who caught 50 balls for them last year. yes so um recruiting is going very well for barry Odom. he was rightfully given an extension he turned around a, a ship that it, even we at times thought was completely I mean, his, lost job was, sea.
1: his job was on the line right it was mid-season and, and he coached him up oh i i remember after they lost to south carolina people were on twitter were going I'm like it, it, people i They're respect dumb not just like, you know, crazed ass fans. Right. People I respect. Board. <laughs> yeah, people I respect in the industry going, I'm not sure they're going to win another game looking yeah. at the schedule.
2: And you know, the only two losses that they had um Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. But to your original question, uh, you know, Gus Miles on Auburn, um it It wasn't widely reported, but Gus Malzahn actually visited Kelly Bryant the day of that he announced his transfer. He was sitting in his living room, and then hours later, Kelly Bryant said, no, I'm going to Mizzou. So I think that's That's amazing. That's a bigger tell than most people actually realize, because if you can't get, you know, a potential Heisman worthy quarterback to come to your SEC powerhouse school, and you're losing to the likes of Mizzou, who is the redheaded stepchild of the SEC. And all they're not a real SEC team, exactly. Well, my favorite
1: thing is
2: <laughs> the That's
0: that. SEC fanboy.
1: <laughs> my favorite thing is that now that um, now that Mizzou has landed Kelly Bryant, you know everybody who's a Mizzou hater be like. It's not going to matter. He's not that right. good of a player. Blah 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 blah. Right. But had he gone someplace else, they been, would they would have been like, see, like you know, the, the, these these top star players, they don't want to go to Mizzou. Right. Either way, they were going to find some way to shit on Mizzou. Well,
2: Kelly Bryant, if he transfers to Miami or Florida State or USC, you know, they're automatically a national title. To- title contender. So I think Barry Odom uses that. I mean, Mizzou is always going to be on the defense in the sec. They're never going to be officially recognized as being, you know, a founding member of the sec and Barry Odom should be wise to use that, you know, in, in his recruiting pitches and, you know, in his motivation to his team. So, can't see enough about the job that you know he did this year, and obviously you know he's ending the year with some with some bangs for sure. Really, really, the, look, really looking forward to uh, the tiger season next year with um, with Kelly.
0: What are the chances that the, the that the Mizzou factor you know hits us? The Jonte Porter. Michael Porter.
2: Don't wish that upon Don't people. even put that there, there in, in the universe. Don't, see, I'm not don't wish, even put that there in out the universe. there. It's already out there in the universe. Do not speak that into existence.
1: Rocky, when I were actually talking about that last night, we were like, watch him like, tear his rotator cuff signing his letter of intent. Yeah, you guys are giving <laughs> bad juju. I'm, yeah, not, I'm I mean, out of this conversation.
0: I mean, it very easily. I mean, it's it's not totally out of the question of things, of, of other than all possibilities. Sadly, it is. It is, it is sadly, sadly, it is, sadly is not. not. It, is, it is the so-called, you know, Mizzou factor. <laughs>
1: Special thanks to David Hahn from the Post-Dispatch and Craig Edwards from Fangraphs.com for joining us. Uh, everybody, it's great to be back. Make sure you catch me on the Charlie Tuna Show Monday and Tuesdays on 590 The Fan. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you on the other side.